It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We welcome all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in so much to this program. We know that many of you do so virtually on a daily basis. There are others who listen as often as you can, certainly very frequently. And then there are always new listeners along the way. We appreciate every single one of you. We really do care about you. We pray for you all the time. We're not just putting on this program to fill a time slot or spend some money in a church budget, but we're trying to genuinely help people learn God's word better so that they can be ready for eternity, so that they can be close to God in the ways that he wants them to be, so that they can understand what salvation is all about and how to get there by God's grace. We really want to help you learn what the scriptures teach. And that's the name of the program, Search the Scriptures. Now, we'd love to send you a copy of today's program or any of the programs on, this, on Search the Scriptures. We'd also be glad to send you a free Bible study. We'll tell you how to contact us and uh, ask for those at the end of the program today. And when we say free, we mean exactly that. We don't want you to send us anything, no contribution, no love offering, and then we send you something supposedly free. Doesn't sound free to us. You just contact us and ask for it. We'll send it to you, and we'll even take care of the postage. Good to be here today with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. I am certainly pleased to be on the program with you today, and I would like to add a word of welcome for all of our listeners. We are just delighted, as you said, Gary, to have those people listening to us on a regular basis. And if you happen to be tuned in for the first time or one of the first times, We do hope that you'll quickly understand that when we talk about searching the scriptures on this program, that is, as you mentioned, what we strive to do. We want to get into God's word in depth, and yet we want to make it come across in a way that helps people understand it readily and clearly, and so that they can make that personal application in their lives. You know, as we said many times, we try to keep this as informal as possible, and you know, maybe it, it might help if you could picture in your mind just sitting around the kitchen table and having a cup of coffee and opening up the Bible and just digging into it, trying to discover what it says for us. Absolutely. The Bible does not need to be scary in mm. the sense that I'm not sure what it says. How am I supposed to understand it? Mm-hmm. It's very understandable. It is. It has tremendous meaning. Yes, indeed. And if we will follow its teachings, it has incredible encouragement. Absolutely. And that's how we should go about studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. We should look for that tremendous encouragement that guides us to eternity with God in heaven. Yes, that's correct. Now, Dennis, that really plays into what we're talking about in this rather short series of studies. Mm -hmm. We're talking about about as basic and fundamental a question as anybody can ask. And this is something that is pertinent, absolutely pertinent to every single listener today, to you and to me, and to everybody else who is living on this planet. That's right, Gary. And uh, not only that, it applies to everyone who ever has lived on this planet. It touches every individual life from back to the time of Adam up until as long as this earth exists. Yes, so as far into the future as there will be life 
right. on this planet until the Lord mm-hmm. comes again. Right. It applies to every single individual. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is simply lost or saved? Mm-hmm. And then the statement, the only alternatives. Right. There is no third choice. No, there's not. There's no middle ground. No. There's no gray area. Not at all. It's lost or saved. That's right. One or the other. Mm-hmm. And Dennis, you know, you and I are either lost or saved. That's correct. Everyone listening to the program at this particular moment in time is either lost or saved. Also right. And each one of us needs to carefully examine ourselves on a regular and an ongoing basis because we need to know whether we're lost or we're saved. Yes, we do. Because there is, again, no third choice, no other alternative. No. It's one of those, mm-hmm. one or the other. Mm-hmm. Now, we looked at the, we began looking at Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. And this is the text in which Jesus is really talking about the final day of judgment in very descriptive terms. He certainly is. And he's talking about when the Son of Man comes in his glory, verse 31 of Matthew chapter 25, and the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Now that's depicting the final day of judgment, isn't it? Certainly is. And we went back in our last program we noted that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, it says directly and succinctly that we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's right. And we'll give account, it says, mm-hmm. of the things done in this body, whether good or bad. That's correct. And we also looked at Revelation 22 and verse 12, where Jesus says he is coming again. Mm-hmm. And he says he's going to reward those According to, his, according to each one's work. Yes, that's right. Now, we also noted that God has tried to emphasize in rather emphatic terms that there's no question but, this, but that this day is going to take place. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very clear in the scriptures. In, in Acts chapter 17, verses uh, 30 and 31, he says that so certain is this, that Jesus' being resurrected from the grave mm-hmm. assures us that there's going to be that final day of judgment. That assurance is given, and in that passage, we also learned that God has even gone to the point of appointing a day when this will occur. Yes, appointing a day. Mm-hmm. Now, as you made the point in our last program, nobody knows that day except him. No, just the Father. But it's appointed. It is. It's going to be. It's Mm -hmm. going to happen. It's going to take place. Mm -hmm. We don't do ourselves any good by trying to rationalize the reality of the final day of judgment away. Well, you know, it's funny, Gary. We may be able to do that in our own minds, but as we've made the point in the last program, that won't change the reality of the final day of judgment. It's still going to happen, and it's going to happen just as God intended it to. So we need to be ready. We need to be ready. That's the bottom line. We need to be ready. Mm-hmm. Now, coming back to Matthew chapter 25 then, verse 31 sets up the text. Mm-hmm. Christ is going to come back 
in all in his in his glory with all the holy angels with him and he's going to sit in his throne in glory mm-hmm. now that is depicting the final day of judgment mm-hmm. now we understand that because of what follows in the rest of the text through the rest of chapter 25 the next verse says all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats mm-hmm. and he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you understand, or how should we understand that distinction between sheep and goats in this scenario? Well, there's a couple of things I would say in that regard, Gary. Uh, one is, as we go on further through the text, we find the sheep identified as those who are righteous, those who have lived a life in accordance with God's will. The goats are, on the other hand, identified as those who are evil or unrighteous or wicked, those who have failed to obey God. And I think another thing that stands out to me here regarding this is the idea that, again, there are just two alternatives or two choices, two possibilities. You know, Jesus is not speaking about goats and sheep and lemurs or marmots or wallabies. You know, he said there's sheep and there's goats. That's it. Nothing else is mentioned. We're either one or we're the other. So we're either a sheep or we're a goat. Yes, uh, according to this analogy, that's correct. And, you know, just from an, an aesthetic kind of perspective, sheep are a whole lot nicer to be around than goats, aren't they? I think they're uh, not as temperamental, uh, might be a polite way to put it. <laughs> and, and the distinction is clear. Jesus yes. is saying the goats are the ones on the left, the sheep mm-hmm. are the ones on the right, the goats are mm-hmm. the ones who are lost, mm-hmm. the unrighteous, the unsaved, mm-hmm. those who are condemned, mm-hmm. the sheep are the ones who are going to be gathered. They're the ones the shepherds drive, they're the ones they keep in flocks. Yeah, and you know, the, many times throughout the scriptures, Gary, when the sheep is spoken of, the illusion is made that the sheep is the one who listens to the shepherd's voice. Yes. In other words, they... Not ob- the goats. Right, they obey and they follow, whereas the goats we may think of more in terms of stubbornness, going yes. their own way, doing their own thing. They have that reputation, don't they? They do. Hard-headed. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a mule. Yes. Except in smaller form. (laughs) Right. Uh, In some ways, perhaps more cantankerous than a mule. Perhaps. But he goes on then in verse 34, and he says, Then the king will say to those in his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So the ones on his right hand, that's the sheep, back in verse 34, uh, 33, he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. He tells the one who's in his right hand, tells the sheep, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. So he says, you sheep, those in my right hand, they're the ones who are going to be in heaven. Exactly. Now again, we're talking about only two alternatives, mm-hmm. saved or lost, right. heaven or hell. Yes, now, how about reading the rest of that particular part of the text where he describes why the sheep are the sheep? 
why they're on the right hand, why they're going to be in heaven. Uh, beginning with verse 35. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. It's interesting, Dennis. This is so parallel to so many other texts that we find in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we opened the program uh, yesterday talking about Romans 6 and verse 23. Right. Where it says, the wages of sin is death. Yes. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Correct. Two choices. <laughs> only yes. two. That's right. Yeah. And so it's either death or life. That's right. And of course, that is meant to indicate either salvation or condemnation. That's right. And so we're seeing here, the sheep are on the right hand, and they're saved. They're ushered into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. We're talking about they're brought into heaven for all of eternity. Mm -hmm. Let's look at some other comparisons along this line. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 49, what does Jesus say? So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. This is another depiction of the final day of judgment. Right. And on that day, the wicked will be separated from the just. Exactly. There's no third category there, is there? No, there's not. Only two groups, mm -hmm. the wicked and the just. That's right. And the wicked will be cast where? Into the furnace of fire. And that's a descriptive kind of terminology for hell. That's right. The fires, the punishment, the torments of hell. Yeah, when you say torment, that uh, really exemplifies the last phrase we have in verse 50 there of Matthew 13. Jesus goes on and describes that a bit. He said there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Not a pleasant place to be then. That doesn't sound pleasant to me. It sounds like a horrible experience. It does. The wailing, of course, we're not talking about wailing, just sobbing mm -hmm. or weeping or even just crying. Mm -hmm. We're talking about crying out, mm -hmm. wailing. Anguish. Yes. And the gnashing of teeth mm. is the idea of being in such anguish right. that it's the idea of grinding your teeth together. It's it's. You're so stressed in this anguish that you're experiencing. My word, you see a picture like that, I, I don't know how that doesn't scare everybody into obeying God. Yeah, and, and we're not talking about scaring somebody for the sake of scaring oh, them. Oh, no, no. We're talking about scaring them out of sin. Exactly right. Do you realize the danger of your lifestyle if you're living in unrighteousness? Mm -hmm. 
I'm afraid most people don't. Yes. How many parents, Dennis, do you suppose, and I know you cannot answer this because you can't even imagine the number, but how many parents do you suppose wish they could somehow get across to their kids who are in a very troubled lifestyle right now because of drugs or alcohol or, or some kind of other immorality, perhaps they're caught up in violence, thievery, maybe they're even in jail over some of these things. And how many parents do you suppose wish, I, I wish I could get through to my kids? Well, you're right, I can't answer that by giving you a definite number, but I know I've experienced that with my own kids. And the torment of the parents. Oh. Because they can look ahead mm -hmm. and know what's coming for their kids. Parents, through experience, through wisdom that's gained just by living life, many times know what's best for their children. And uh, like you said, we, we wish we could get across to them what we want them to understand in that regard. But you know, it's no different with God. No. He knows what's ahead. He knows what's best for us. How often must he feel that same way? I just wish they would listen. They would understand. And don't you obey. suppose that's part of why he put passages like this in the, in the scriptures? I don't think there's any doubt about it. You know, I, I remember many times as we open this program, Gary, you talk about that very fact, how the scriptures give us encouragement, they give us hope, they give us a reason to go on. But you know, also included in that are warnings and rebukes and correction. And those are all there because again, God knows what's best for us and he doesn't want any of us to perish. He wants what is best for us. Exactly. And so he does lay out for us, let me tell you mm -hmm. what it's gonna be like mm -hmm. if you don't live a righteous life. And I think it's important to understand too that these descriptions we're reading up to this point were given by Jesus himself. The individual who came out of eternity the individual who probably knows far better than anyone else what that anguish of hell is going to be like. Yes. Let's look at another one before we have to close today's program. Matthew chapter 3 and verses 11 and 12. I indeed baptize with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. He will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Mm -hmm. Now, here are the only two alternatives again. Yes. He says he'll gather the wheat into his barn. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's what you want. Yes. And again, this is simply metaphorical for the wheat represents the saved. Yes. The barn represents heaven, mm -hmm. the kingdom of it's the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. But the chaff, the chaff is the refuse of the wheat, isn't it? It is. 
that's the stuff that you don't use. Exactly. You throw it away. You burn it up. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in living in South Louisiana for, for a great many years, I remember vividly seeing in the late part of the year, and I mean really late part of the year, for most parts of the country, harvest time would, would have been two or three months before, perhaps. But the sugarcane harvest literally goes up till just about the first of the year, maybe mm -hmm. even a little bit past that at times. Mm -hmm. And I remember vividly where they would burn the cane fields, they would burn the, the, the cane to burn off all the refuse that they don't use yes. off the plant. Yeah. And you know, now that you mention that, uh, many years ago while I was living in Kansas, I saw the same thing done by the wheat farmers there. Uh, not all of them would do it, but some would occasionally burn the stalk and the chaff that had been left after the wheat had been harvested. That part you want to get rid of. Yes. And, and so that's what, Jesus, what John is saying here in Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. You don't want to be the chaff. <laughs> no. But you're one or the other. You're either the chaff or you're the wheat. Exactly. Now, ultimately, we've got to come down to the point where we say, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the wheat. How do you know you're the wheat? Mm -hmm. Because you're saying so? Because you just don't want to be the chaff? See, the wheat has to live the life of being wheat. It does. The sheep has to live the life of being sheep. Right. If you're living the life of being a goat... Or if you're living a life of being the refuse, the chaff, then you're going to be burned up. That's right. You're not going to be in the barn. You're not going to be in the kingdom. No. You're not going to be in heaven. No. It's one or the other. Only two alternatives. We do hope that our listeners are really taking this to heart. And we hope that it is touching some hearts. We'd love to send you that free Bible study. We'd love to send you this program on CD for free. The Bible study is free. You can learn how you can be the wheat, how you can be the sheep, how you can be among the saved. You don't have to wonder about it. You can be prepared, but you've got to do it God's way. And that's what this Bible study is all about. Why don't you contact us today? We'd love to hear from you. Why don't you call us?